you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Around the League podcast runs the cover for defense. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined by not quite a room full of heroes. Uh, We have Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, not in the house today. Fellas, how are you? Great, Dan. How was your uh, Sunday? Sunday was nice. It was, I guess it was the uh, last Sunday off for quite a while. Ironic that Dan skipped most of August, but is in the <laughs> office on Labor Day. We're all here. Well, speaking of which, uh, I thought Labor Day was going to come in here. I, I dressed down for holiday reasons. I have a t-shirt. I actually had flip-flops. I was wearing a hat. Get in and everybody's all dressed up, dandied up on Labor Day, which seems wrong. Uh, so I had to go back to my car and get dress shoes to at least try to clean up and remove the hat. So I feel a little weird right now. It's week one, baby. And, and Greg it- also got a haircut, too, which added because Greg was really like a flop top for a while there. And now he's all cleaned up. And yeah, when I was saying I had to leave for a haircut last show, I wasn't kidding. I really left and it was from Dan's guy. He he treated me nice. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's week one. There are no more holidays at the NFL. <clears throat> People, we got three shows debuting on Monday on NFL Network. Nice plug. Get excited. Uh, And I feel especially bad for Wes on this Monday, Labor Day. Could be spending some quality Zarina time by the pool. Instead, you're in Studio 66. I got it out of my system on Saturday. My first (laughs) Saturday off in a month. Wow. We don't even have to get into details on that. Okay. So we got a a nice show today. We're going to talk about some uh, notable cuts uh, over the weekend. We're going to go over our final award choices for Offensive Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, go over some news with Crystal, a little fantasy talk, which people like, that excites the people, and that's about it. But so let's start. Why don't we start with the weekend? There were a lot of cuts made. Greg, do you want to start us off with that? Yeah, I think Vince Young was the one that stuck out to me. You know, they... Get rid of Graham Harrell. At that point, you think Young is probably safe. They get rid of Vince Young. You think their backup probably isn't on the roster unless they're going with B.J. Coleman. Then on Monday, they get rid of Coleman. 
They bring in Seneca Wallace, who for a minute we thought was retiring. And, you know, this isn't how you want to enter the season with with your backup quarterback. Uh, I think every team's in trouble if you lose a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, but this is pretty much a worst-case scenario for Ted Thompson and the Packers. It's not how you want to enter the season, but I would bet they feel more confident with Seneca Walls this year than they did Graham Harrell in previous seasons. What do you guys – do you guys think – I guess. Why didn't they yeah. sign him earlier, though? He was, you know – it's not like people were killing themselves to get Seneca Wallace. He wasn't even in the league last year. My guess is it comes down to how many reps can we distribute, and they had all their eggs in the Vince Young basket at that point. I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, we have ta- we've talked about the Packers a little bit last week. Um, if, for whatever reason, worst case scenario, Aaron Rodgers went down and you had to put, di- put in, I guess, Seneca Wallace, what kind of, how many wins would that team have with the rest of the pieces they have in place? Six. That sounds about right. You know, Matt Flynn was a pretty good backup. The thing is, this isn't a new problem for this team. The backup quarterback situation has been a problem since Flynn left, really. It was a problem all of last year. It it just was a case where they didn't evaluate right because they thought they were good enough with Coleman uh, and Harold this offseason, or else they would have done something differently, and, they, and they, they weren't good enough. So the easy answer would be to trade for Matt Quinn? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Yeah. I, I kind of thought when the Raiders were delaying announcing their cuts on Saturday night, maybe there's a surprise Matt Flynn trade. It, it would make well, some sense. Yeah, it, w- it would make sense on some levels, but then you figure Ted Thompson never gives up draft picks, and Matt Flynn's salary is probably pretty high for a trade. And that would also be the saddest full circle ever for anyone <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> a dejected Matt Flynn. Uh, any other notable cuts you want to bring up, Greg? Uh, Jonathan Dwyer in Pittsburgh was surprised just because he looked better in the preseason and they're not healthy at running back with Le'Veon Bell hurt, so they kept Felix Jones over Dwyer. I, I was surprised about that. Dwyer was their only healthy running back throughout the preseason and looks slimmed down, looks pretty good. Um, and our feeling from the Pittsburgh Tribune review was that there's some kind of schism there between the coaching staff and the front office on this release the coaching staff wanted to keep him and the front o- apparently he ticked the front office off a little bit by showing up out of shape to Trent to uh mini camps and then he did lose 25 or 30 pounds between mini camp and training camp but maybe he rode his ticket out of town you see this every now and then with the Steelers there was some disagreement about Bruce Arians when when he left between the coaching staff and the front office but Kevin Colbert doesn't get a lot of love uh, is one of the best at what he does, so I trust him. I to mean, the, is this going to make that big a difference in no, their team? No, and to their credit, if this was the Jets, it would be a full-blown controversy, but the Steelers put a lid on it, and you all you ever hear is whispers, not like a full-blown drama. Any other cuts? We were cranking out the cuts on Saturday, Dan, Mark, and I, and Kevin Patrick were, while Chris was just relaxing. I think uh, the one that most shocked me was Antoine Winfield, cut and retired, which points to the Seahawks' depth, which we talked about. I had no idea he was considering retirement because he had been playing at a pretty high level the past couple of years. I feel, yeah, I feel feel like, he, I guess he made somewhat of a tactical error in free, obviously he did, in free agency, and I guess it came down to he didn't feel like going through the process, starting over and being this late at 36 or uh, and 12, 14 season, seasons in, I guess that was enough for him. It's one of those that the pro football focus rankings don't match up with how NFL teams see him necessarily because they have Winfield as, I think, their best cornerback in football last year. He didn't really get much of a free agent contract. My guess, and he's been one of my favorite guys to watch at cornerback for 10 years, is he just kind of read the 
you know, right hand on the wall. He could keep his career going, but once he gets cut, he, he just didn't want to do it anymore. And I had one more on the Vanguard watch. We were talking so highly of the Seahawks and Niners last week. Chris Harper, the fourth-round pick, got cut. You know, of course, that gets the angle on this is that the Seahawks, they know when to cut loose. They operate their own rules. Well, the Raiders did the same thing. They cut Tyler Wilson, their fourth-round pick. Are they also the Vanguard? <laughs> it, it reminds me a little bit of Brian Brom, who also toiled under Bobby Petrino. Or not, yeah, Brian. So maybe Petrino's quarterbacks just aren't that cut out, cut out for the NFL. Yeah, Tyler Wilson, we'll see what happens with him. But, man, that's, that's rough. And the interesting thing with Harper was that the Seahawks wanted to keep him. Ian Rappaport reported that the 49ers and Seahawks kind of battled over getting Harper, but eventually he ends up going to the 49ers in their active roster. So it's just another little dig from Jim yeah. Harbaugh to Pete Carroll. you got to love that. And and Tyler Wilson, I, I was at a rookie event at a Los Angeles elementary school in June, and I remember asking him, you know, how does it feel to be talked up as a potential starter this season? And now look where he is. Yeah, another another few notable cuts we'll just mention quickly. Robert Meacham is no longer in the league. One of the worst free agent signings. I wouldn't expect the Saints to sign him. They ha- they really like what they've seen from Kenny Stills and, and uh, Nick Toon. And uh, Austin Colley, I thought, wasn't a surprise, but you know that was an interesting one. And we've made it this long without mentioning <laughs> Tim Tebow. I was wondering we at least if have that to was say Tebow, right? I mean, he was a third quarterback. He started in the playoffs a couple years ago. He's a significant NFL figure, and now... I would be surprised to see him in the NFL this year again. As a honeymoon gift uh, from the NFL News Desk last year, I received a Jets Tim Tebow jersey, which still has its tags on. It's still hanging in my closet. Is it more valuable now or less valuable now that he may not ever play again? (laughs) I don't think you want to wear that jersey. I won't wear it. I'm wondering for eBay reasons. It seems like Tebow's value would be a personal thing. I think think it's at an all-time low. And I'm just amazed that Pat White has outlasted both Tim Tebow and Jimmy Clausen in the NFL. So three cheers to Pat White. All right, so that is that is our cuts talk. Um, glad that that was that's over because that is a that is a tough shift and kind of a tough time of year. Um, let's go to more awards fun. Our final two awards posts that we did. Uh, where do we want to start? We want to start with the rookie of the year predictions. Sure. All right, uh, Wes, why don't you uh, share yours? Because, well, maybe I should preface this by saying that uh, for Offensive Rookie of the Year, most of us uh, agreed on one man, and Wes, you were one of them. Uh, Who was your pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I picked Eddie Lacy uh, of the Packers. He looks like he's locked into a feature back role with DeWan Harris out for the season. I think we can expect, if he stays healthy, 240, 250 carries. I think I tabulated the Alex Green, James Starks, and Cedric Benson combined for 277 carries last year, and none of the three ran well. So if Lacey's running well, we can expect a, a heavy workload. I think that changes the dynamic of their offense, finally having a running game there. Um, and, I, you know, that everything's in place for the Packers this year. I, I feel like it's a perfect situation for Lacey. Yeah, four of the five of us chose Lacey. I didn't look at everyone else's picks before making mine. I might have just tried to come up with a different one <laughs> other than Lacey. Uh, but I'm excited. I took him on my fantasy team. I mean, what's not to be excited about with Lacey? And it's weird. When you look up and down the list of potential candidates on both sides of the ball, there weren't a lot of obvious names, were there? I mean, no. who, I feel who like else did you there's, consider? There's one guy that everybody is sleeping on. 
because the Rams sandbagged the heck out of the preseason. I really like the way T- Tavon Austin moves. And we saw it on the punt returns. You didn't see it in their offense because they purposely kept him from being showcased. But it would not surprise me in the least if Tavon Austin was the guy. That's a good point, too, because if you remember what what the buzz was heading into the draft in April, and the way Austin was talked up and, and how the Rams moved up to make sure they got him, one one's quiet uh, preseason in terms of um, the offensive side of the ball, and people all of a sudden are not thinking so highly of him, but he might be a sleeping giant. I, w- I will say this. I know Greg loves Chris Gibbons, and I like him too, but to me the difference is Tavon Austin has special ability. Chris Gibbons just has pretty good ability. It's tough for a wide receiver to win that award. I thought about DeAndre Hopkins too. But Who also, Sessler picked. And, and I like that pick, it, but usually it's a running back, and Monty Ball doesn't seem like he's going to be in place to really do it. So Lacey made more sense to I'll me. I'll tell you why I don't like the Hopkins pick. I think he's a fine player, but how often do you see a team's number two receiver win rookie of the year? That's a fair point. That is a fair point. All right, so so that's Lacey is the, uh, the consensus there. What about on defense? Greg, who did you pick for defense? I went with Alec Ogletree of the St. Louis Rams. Both uh, Patra, Kevin Patra and I both chose Ogletree. I was surprised someone else did too. I just think he's in a great position. Uh, like running backs win Offensive Rookie of the Year, a lot of times linebackers win defense. And there really wasn't uh, a middle linebacker choice that made a lot of sense, except for Wes's boy, uh, Mr. Boombastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's catching on. He, yeah. uh, I hope not, uh, although I just brought it up. I, uh, Wait, I could, we should say who it is, by the way, because maybe he hasn't caught on enough where we know who it is. Yes, John Bostic. <laughs> Wesseling's trying to you know, start this nickname for him because he's a huge Shaggy fan. A lot of people don't know that about Wesley. <laughs> I didn't know that about Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Going third person. All this hype for Wesseling is, is getting to his head. I, I like Ogletree because he's got to make plays that people notice, and he's got a great defensive line in front of him to help him go pursue the ball, and he's got to intercept passes and break up passes. I can just see him making a lot of splash plays that get him in highlight reels. I agree with that. He's going to make plays, the interceptions, fumble recoveries, knocking away balls. The only reason I didn't pick him and I considered him, he was probably my runner-up, I just saw him out of position too much in the preseason. He was making a lot of errors, overrunning plays, in the wrong position too many times. I think there may be a few growing pains, but you're right. I think maybe the voters will see all the uh, splash plays on the highlights and it won't matter. And it's funny, Greg, you said plays people notice. That's why I took the Honey Badger in Arizona, I think, and Wes did as well. I know. I am authorizing you to speak for the two oh, of Oh, good, good. I'm glad that we're <laughs> alternating on the podcast on this topic. Uh, yeah, I just think he's, from everything we're hearing, he's being talked up now as the sleeper of the draft, the guy that... Should have went way higher than he did. He's he's going to have a defined role in that secondary, and he makes plays. He's a guy that is always around the ball, forces fumbles, intercepts passes, and then you can't discount when you're talking about anything that's a voting process, the redemption of the Honey Badger angle. It won't hurt him either. Yeah, he's one of those guys I think people outsmart themselves when they're scouting sometimes. I don't watch much college football. When I watched LSU play when Honey Badger was there, you just knew he was the best player on the field. And I think that translates to the NFL. Is it possible, though, we're falling for what you talked about a few weeks ago, recency bias, Wesseling, that you know he, he gets a lot of hype in the preseason, he makes some plays in the preseason, suddenly, suddenly he's a defensive rookie of the year. It's like last year, I remember, 
I think they polled maybe it was 15 or 16 of us at NFL.com for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Andrew Luck was the pick on 15 out of 16. RG3 only got one vote, and it was all because he had a good preseason. I think that's a fair point. There could be some recency bias there, but I, like I said, I, I thought he was a great player in college. I thought he was underdrafted, and I think he's just he's just one of those natural ball players who has all the talent in the world. Okay, let's move over to the Coach of the Year predictions. Now, this has to tie in directly with, for obvious reasons, with our standings picks. It has to be a team that either makes the playoffs or was wretched and gets close to the playoffs. So, Wes, you want to get us going with who you chose as your 2013 NFL Coach of the Year? Sure. As Matt Money Smith said to open the podcast a while back, Would follow Mike Tomlin anywhere. (laughs) We will follow Mike Tomlin anywhere. I will. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's got to make up for Mike Wallace leaving. Heath Miller's injured. His his star second-round running back is injured. His defense is getting old. He has all these factors. Nobody is picking the Steelers to win the NFC Central except three out of the five around the crew members. So I think... You, around the just, crew, I like that. You around the league said they're, you're right, no one is predicting they're going to win the NFC Central. Oh. Because that doesn't exist. I just messed up that whole thing. <laughs> it doesn't Do you exist. you want to start over? Yeah, let me start that <laughs> I over. I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right, we're going to deep breath for West. Do you want to recraft your point on any, on any level? Yeah, i just throw that one over to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, Greg uh, go ahead. I'm going with Chip Kelly. You know, I had them as a surprise division champion. Um, I'm still trying to kiss up to Crystal. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to work. Ah. It's working beautifully. <laughs> nice. And uh, I think he's a coach that people notice, not only because he'll get written about a lot, just because he does the sort of things that impress us you know, NFL rubes who like to see fun formations and like to see surprise you know, champions in their division. And the Eagles, to me, are a perfect pick to win that division. And, and I think every year the 10-6 and six team – that surprises, ends up winning Coach of the Year. For some reason, Bill Belichick, those guys never win it. It's always guys like Chip Kelly. I'm a little surprised that Kelly was the only uh, one of uh, – you were the only one to pick Kelly because I'm sure if you quizzed uh, writers and experts, so-called experts around the country, Kelly will be the pick. Um, I went with – because, again, you have to follow your standings. I took the Browns to go 9-7, and seven, get a playoff spot. So I'm going to go with Chud, Rob Chudzinski, I think – you know, a lot of this, a lot, this <laughs> wow. is this is out on a limb. Listen, this is wow. out on a limb. Um, so much out on, out on a limb, but uh, that our initial post on this didn't even have Chud in there. Greg excluded <laughs> it. Uh, I had to make sure I got in there. Uh, but I, I was just trying to save you. Yeah, you're doing that for your sake. <laughs> I really listen. I back myself into a corner on this one. I, I'm admitting it. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't. This is not time to get scared. Uh, I think they have a lot of pieces there. If Whedon progresses. Nine wins? Is that absurd to say that the Browns could win nine games this year? I have never heard somebody as all-in on the Cleveland Browns <laughs> as Dan Hansis is this year. So uh, what, what was it? Uh, people don't really mention that Chudzinski's read option with Cam last year, not not really known as a, a huge coaching success, right? I would say that. What coach was getting criticized more as an offensive coordinator than Rob Chudzinski <laughs> early last year? To be fair, he was getting just as much credit the year before. That's true. I just want to give Dan some Shock the world. Get, <laughs> come on, Chad. I need you right now. Um, and just to round it out, because they're not sitting with us today, Kevin Patrick took Andy Reid with the Chiefs, which there's some logic to that. And Sessler took the CFL guy, Mark Tressman, with the Bears. 
Makes sense, although the Bears went ten and six last year. So if they go ten and six again, but make the playoffs, Tressman's the coach of the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I think Mark just identifies with Tressman. I would, I would say I that's think, a valid statement. The, I think well, Mark the, looks at all the NFL coaches and thinks Mark Tressman is the most like me. I, I like him. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> Wait, that's that's actually kind of offensive because I think Tressman's one of the creepier looking guys in the NFL. <laughs> well, not, right not now. looks wise. I think oh. their brains work the same way. Oh, and they also spell their names with a C. Mark with a C. Right. And you could say that about a lot of journalists, I think, like Tressman for that reason, too. I think he's he's unorthodox. He's willing to think outside the box. And I think people, he's had, I identify with his circuitous route to the NFL. Ooh, I like that. Yes, as the mailman, you can speak to yeah, the route uh, less traveled. <laughs> mailmen do know about routes. Uh, all right. So, Crystal, K. Rich, are you behind the glass? Hello, guys. Happy laboring on Labor Day. I know. Poor Crystal had to come in. She might. Is There's a theory uh, bouncing around that the only reason Crystal came in today is because she had to because she had to produce our podcast. That is the only reason. You guys know I get dressed up every day. She Not does. Today. I'm right with you, Dan. Really? I can't tell. There's a little bit of a difference between how I'm dressed and how you are beyond the fact that we are men and women. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's hear a little news from Crystal. Chris, Crystal isn't trying to grow a really weak you know, beard either. <laughs> no, I've never had any luck with that. All right. First up, Cincinnati Bengals signed five-year contract. You get, but you get one haircut, and now you can <laughs> get, come after my beard? <laughs> You, they could have sent you home for that hey, your hair for the past. I two have weeks. this theory going for about two decades now. It hasn't been scientifically proven, but when on the day you get your haircut, and probably for another three or four days, yeah. you're the funniest guy in the room. Hmm, that's you're just interesting. Whipping jokes around left and right. Hmm. Why? Why do you have that theory? You what? feel good. You look good. Oh uh, yeah, that's fair. Although I feel like. At least that's for me, kind of like the Deion Sanders, you know, motto for yeah, life. Right. Feel good. Look good. Play pa- good. And then get paid good. <laughs> I feel like with a haircut. It, mine usually take a week to kind of find themselves, find their footing. Oh, I can't identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, Greg, you you look pretty sharp right now. I, you're like a seven, seven and a half, maybe. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Kay Guys Rich. never realize when girls get haircuts, but that's fine. Back to the new. Wow. Did, wait, did you get a haircut? I did not. But oh, if okay. I did, I know you guys wouldn't notice. All right, cool. All right. All right. Sorry to d- interrupt there, Crystal. All that's, you. That's all right. Cincinnati Bengals signed a five-year <laughs> contract extension with Geno Atkins. Uh, let's see. Should have been – was he a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year last year? Better have been. Well, they don't – do they have finalists? I guess now with the NFL Honors Awards, they kind of mention guys that were finalists. Basically, it was a it was a wash for – Right. I, thought I mean, it was going to be J.J. Watt. I think Von Miller got one vote as well. Yeah, Watt, Von Miller, and Geno Atkins, I thought, were easily the three best defenders in the NFL last year. Atkins just looked dominant, especially down the stretch. The Bengals had possibly the NFL's best defense from midseason on, and, and Atkins is definitely the engine that drives that machine. They have one of the be- most dominant defensive lines. Atkins just gets unbelievable power and balance out of that body, and he's always in the backfield. It was a no-brainer signing, and he signed less for less than Haloti Nada, so it was a great deal for the Bengals. So what you're saying is that Mike Brown and the front office of the Bengals do things the right way. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wes, go ahead. I backed myself into a corner. They did this thing the right way. I mean, they've been drafting well. They're re-signing their key guys like Dunlop and Atkins. and I will acknowledge over the public airwaves, ever since Carson Palmer decided that the Bengals were such a rotten organization that he wouldn't even play for $15 million... Mike Brown has made some great moves. He's been a wonderful GM. 
and owner for the last three or four years. Wow. We won't talk about the last 15 years before that. <laughs> I'm standing up right now. Although I will say, I will say that he did chicken out and take Andy Dalton over Colin Kaepernick. Could have been a different world if he did Touché. that. Touche. I take back everything I said. A lot of, a lot <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. He was rolling. <laughs> you're, uh, you're my Don King. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I just like Atkins, uh, how he how he walks. Whenever they have the hard knock slow motion, he kind of walks like a duck. Does not look like the type of guy that would be one of the most dominant interior linemen does, in football. Does not swim like a guy that, that you would think would be an <laughs> international athlete. What else, K. Rich? All right, guys. Next up, we're talking about the quarterback carousel in New York. The Jets signed Brady Quinn and dump Graham Harrell. Oh, good. Now everything's solved now. Yeah, this is one. <laughs> that, <laughs> I think I think that says it all. Yeah, I did. Deadspin has a nice headline today: Jets sign handsome, comma bad QB to temporarily replace handsome, comma bad QB. I think that about sums it up. Is that all we got? Uh, that no. Sums it up pretty good. What else you got? All right. Last up. Washington Redskins head coach Mike Shanahan says RG3 will start in their opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I really have not much to say chuckles. on this one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to throw this a party. Like, we uh, don't have to do RG3 injury updates anymore. This is like Groundhog Day when you hear uh, I Got You, Babe by Shunny, Sonny and Cher. And we keep on hearing the same story over and over again. But this might be the last one, right? This is the last Shanahan press conference. We're putting it to bed. It's on the kibosh list. Oh. Well, I... I mentioned earlier today, I think this is the first story that NFL.com and NFL Network has ever gone breaking news with twice with the exact <laughs> same story. Didn't we, do, didn't we break this on Thursday or Friday, too? Yeah, we did, actually, yes. It's sad that the Brady Quinn news, I think, was more impactful than this one. <laughs> anything else? Do you have anything else, uh, Crystal? That's it for the day. Oh, well. We're, we're nice and quiet. A little quiet on the news front. A little bit quieter the news front. That gives us more time to talk a little fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Nice transition. We got, well, fantasy, as I've said before, I am in a room with two fantasy experts. They don't like to call themselves experts, but they are. They were uh, stalwarts at Roto World. Greg was the boss. Wes was the consigliere. Uh, so now let's talk a little fantasy football. Uh, Greg, do you want to start out with maybe one tip? Now that the season is officially four days away, one tip for fantasy players well for people that are still drafting i think there's such a tendency to overrate what your team's going to look like in week one and not think about long term and i was just in my draft last week and no one wanted to touch gronkowski i know you ended up with him dan yeah no one wanted to touch josh gordon who's only going to be out two weeks no one wanted to touch santonio holmes you know, probably for a few different reasons there, but I took him in the 15th round or something. And, you know, he's a very talented guy to be available that late. Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell's another one. And so if you're still drafting or even if you can pick up guys off waivers, I always think about what's the best team in November and December and just worry about that and assume you're going to get to the playoffs. Don't worry. You can fill in the rest of the way. Worry about the, the guys at the end of the season because guys like Gordon – and Holmes, they're going too late in drafts. What do you think about that? I agree. Totally. That's great advice. Um, I've noticed people get too caught up in the first month of the season and start panicking on trades. And then you see guys that we may have hyped early, you know, before the season started. And those same guys catch fire in the second half and carry teams to the title. Do not overemphasize September and October. Yeah. And mine is more I got tied into Greg's point, which was, 
you know, people get all caught up with the news reports they see, and Gronk is the perfect example of this. Over the summer, when people were preparing for drafts, it sounded like we would never see this guy again. But the truth of the matter is that he's going to be back uh, by the end of September, most likely, and this is the greatest uh, tight end on earth, you know. And I think anybody that was able to get him in the sixth round or seventh round or fifth round, as I believe Mark and I did, and I believe, Greg, you got him in that yeah, time, same, same that ballpark as well. Uh, you're going to reap the benefits of it. So all you really need is that guy to carry carry you for three weeks. I think Fred Davis is our carryover guy to get to Gronk. The only thing I will say, and now we're not even talking about tips, but the only thing I'm nervous about with Gronk is how do we know that guy is going to stay healthy? You know, in that in that playoff game, he came back, he hit the hit the turf, and he broke that arm again. So make sure you handcuff a guy like Gronk or well, any of these guys. That one have. thing fantasy owners should know is there's risk involved with every single player. Yeah, I remember I got a tweet couple weeks ago when the Jerome Felton suspension came out. How does this affect Adrian Peterson's value? And I thought, well, you should probably trade him away for another less talented running back that has another concern. Every every player's got concerns. So don't worry about it too much. Just and go with the guy with the highest upside. Gronkowski is practicing. I mean, there's another news item to me that is, is pretty significant. On Sunday, he's in his full pads. On Monday, he's in full pads again. He's, on, he's doing 11 on 11s. Belichick will only say he's day-to-day, but everything is trending right now towards, I don't think he'll be back week one, but it's possible week two or week three at this point. And I'm going to put both of you guys on the spot a little bit because you are experts. Um, (laughs) If, let's let's talk right now, everyone has their teams for the most part, or are they better? Uh, my my wife's got her all ladies draft on Tuesday night. It's a great time for a the fantasy gorgeous draft. ladies of fantasy. Right behind, I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> this is the best week for drafting. Yeah, well, this is the perfect time because you know everything that's in front of you. But my question to you guys is, who would be one guy that might be on the waiver wire that you should go and grab? Waiver wire. Yeah, a free agent pile. I saw Isaiah Pede was on my waiver wire, and if no one listens to this before, I think I'm going to go pick him up just because I like him as a deep guy. But right now, the waiver wire guys aren't going to be too exciting. I, I've got a guy for your watch list. I wouldn't pick this guy up in redraft leagues. Um, if you're in a dynasty league or even in a redraft league, just keep this guy in the back of your mind. Marlon Brown from the Ravens, undrafted rookie. Uh, at Georgia last year, they expected him to do great things, and he tore his ACL. He's got size, athletic ability, speed. In preseason, the last two weeks, I saw him make more plays than I've seen from Tandon Doss in two years. I think he's better right now than Jacoby Jones is. He may take him a few weeks, but it would not surprise me to see him starting opposite Torrey Smith by Halloween or so. So he is the underrated, kind of overlooked Kembrell Tompkins. Same same sort of idea. Well put. Is there anybody? Is there what about uh, Jermaine Curse? Is that a guy to get excited about, or is he a no. classic summer um, hype up job? I like him better for the Seahawks than fantasy football players. They still have Golden Tate and Sidney Rice as their top two targets in the passing game, and they're still going to be one of the run heaviest offenses in the league. I mean, if you were looking for a flyer out of that division at that same position, Quentin Patton's a better one because he hasn't gotten a lot of attention. But going into the draft, people really excite were excited about him. He has a clearly defined skill set he's probably going to be their vertical guy and he might be their starter in week one isn't that possible I'm totally s- agree on the 49ers yeah. so oh, he has to beat out marlon moore he can't do that and, yeah and, i think that's a and he's on the waiver wire i need to uh add my fantasy oh i was, thought that was it no wow let's hear another. Like it. well let's have a couple oh well i can give you some names too but here's a rule i've been using i've been doing fantasy football for about 20 years 
Never draft a wide receiver three. And it kind of is just a philosophy that extends to your whole roster. Why draft a guy who's an established mediocrity? Aim higher. Draft two wide receiver twos or three wide receiver ones. Don't draft a wide receiver three and accept mediocrity. You can get just as good of a player off the waiver wire. So don't go get, I'm going to say, like a Nate Washington or something like that. Don't, okay, right. Yeah, don't do it. He, he, they're too easy to come by. Go get two, Go get Steve Smith sitting there who is a legitimate number one receiver and his ADP is somewhere around the 26th wide receiver. Draft him, and then you've got two wide receiver twos. And this extends to running backs, too. Do not go get Daryl Richardson. You don't want him. You don't want him. I don't know why people are falling all over themselves for a committee back who is undersized and, you know, doesn't move that laterally well. I, I just don't see why people are falling all over themselves for these guys who are getting drafted way too high. Use the waiver wire. Take a guy like a Bryce Brown, Bernard Pierce, uh, let's see, Roy Hallou, Christine, Kristen Michael. If the starter goes down and these guys go in there, you have an automatic top 15 running back as opposed to these bums you're drafting and expecting to start. See, this is the type of insight that we were looking for, and it, it ties back to our friend Rumford Johnny on Twitter who, who <laughs> tweeted today, I really wish at Chris Wessling and at Greg Rosenthal would storm the fantasy live set wearing NWO t-shirts. It's a little callback <laughs> to turn of the millennium wrestling, but uh, well, there could be some heat building right now. Well, I feel like this should happen now. You're going to get us in trouble, Dan. Can I bring a folding <laughs> chair? Uh, I think that's what the NWO du- dudes did, right? Yeah. There were no rules. Um, okay, so, guys, that is the end of the podcast, I believe. We have on Wednesdays Wait, a big what's show. what's your tip? My tip? Uh, why would you want my tip? Well, I guess I'm, it was the Because Gronkowski yours was money thing. last Gronkowski. week, the Colts offense. I know. I'm not ready to give another one. I guess oh, the okay. Gronkowski. Actually, Greg kind of stepped on mine, so I couldn't really elaborate <laughs> on it too much. But, well, Chris is that he hates Daryl Richardson. Was there a bigger theme, or you just right, don't? never draft wide receiver three? Wait, what? I actually have a question. I forgot about that theory. Sorry, Dan. It's I, all right. I know you just want to get out of here. Ah, that's uh, not true. Wes Welker is a number three receiver. I guess. I is mean, he? a fantasy wide receiver three. Okay. These wide receiver, like when you when you start your lineup and you say, "Oh, this guy's a wide receiver one. This guy's a wide receiver two. This guy's a wide receiver three. It's more like don't. I used to call them the Sean Dawkins All-Stars. These guys that get 800 yards and four TDs every year, yeah. and they still get drafted in your draft. Why draft them? Let someone else take them, and if you need them, they'll be on the waiver wire in, in week three. See, I think there was some confusion there. And you're right. Take the guy that has a chance to be a top 10 player instead of, if he does what he's expected, be a 30, 30th to 40th Right, player. and, you, you know, even with... Anquan Bolden being the number one receiver for the 49ers, to me, he's an, he's an established wide receiver three. He's not a guy I would draft because we know what he is. He's 800, 900 yards, inconsistent all year. You don't know whether to start him this week or not. That's more headache than it's worth. You're going to lose because you're going to start him the wrong week. All right, good stuff, experts. Um, <laughs> Wednesday, we have a big show, by the way. We're, we're making our Super Bowl predictions. And uh, I don't know if there are going to be surprises in the room. Probably not because we already announced them on our website. But we will defend them, and uh, we'll talk about that. And then we'll be one day away from the season, so we'll have all the news leading up to the opener. Um, until then, we have thank you to uh, K. Rich behind the glass. What, what? Appreciate y'all coming in laboring on Labor Day. Yes, and you, th- yes, and, you uh, as well. Yeah, we really appreciate you in here. Uh, we have the mailman. We have the boss. And uh, Mark Sessler, wherever you are, come back to us. We need you.
uh, until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 